Hi, I'm Quentin D'Souza, and you're listening to Get Real Wealthy. Create wealth, freedom, and security through real estate investing. Make sure to check out GetRealWealthy.com. On this episode, I'm gonna talk about six numbers that you should look at when you're deciding to invest in a new area. First of all, it's important to look at this specific information when you're deciding to invest in an area because that means that the area is going to continue to be growing and continue to be a good place to invest in. So number one, I want you to look at demographics. Look at the age of the population. Are they working in the area or are they commuting to somewhere else to work? That makes a big difference. Do you have a bedroom community or do you have the place where everybody is working and, and going to? Um, it's something that you want to consider because that's going to affect the value of the properties in that area. In the end, you want to be in an area that's in demand and so you look at the age of that population. A growing population where the age of the uh, base is younger means that they're going to start off renting usually and then they're going to move into, as they age out of the rentals, they're going to go buy properties. And so you, you want to be able to see that in that area. All right, number two, employment. Is there a diversity of employers? When you look at the census data, and in Canada we have StatsCan that really shows a lot of that census data. In the US, there's the, the, the data is much more readily available. But you can see exactly what type of jobs are in a particular area. I would avoid towns that have only one major employer. A good example would be like a mining town where all they have is the mine, the mine shuts down, everybody leaves. <laughs> that is definitely not a place to, that you want to invest in. And there are some serious decreases in value in, in all types of assets in, in a place like that because there aren't the people there anymore. <laughs> so jobs are really important in having a diversity of employers. You don't want to have just one major employer. You want to have at least you know a dozen different major employers in an area. And that way you, you know that the population is going to be there for a long time. Uh, another way to look at it is um, you know if you're looking at towns that are with for schools, so like maybe universities, maybe there's a university or two universities, a college or two colleges in the same area. That way that there's lots of different schools that, that, that help and that would be useful for finding great, you know, those people would be uh, renting, right? They wouldn't necessarily be buying. All right, number three, what's happening to the population growth? Are people moving there? Are there lots of people that are coming to the area? One of the best things about the greater Toronto area is that we have a large amount of immigration that comes to it and those people that are in the greater Toronto area move out to the other areas. So for example, one of the things that, that the federal government is focusing on is bringing like let's say 400,000 new immigrants to Canada. Of those 400,000, more than half will be 
living in the GTA or in the, let's say, Ontario area. And then a lot of those, a large percentage will, will settle in the GTA. So what happens is that puts demand on the existing housing in the area. And if there is nobody that is building new units, there is going to, there are going to be more pressure that's put on the existing units and rents are going to go up. And that's what's happening right now in Toronto and in other municipalities. Actually, actually Toronto is the worst for it because in the last year they've increased development costs 41% for developers per unit. So you can imagine the, the amount of cost that was added. So there's going to be a lot less rental units that come on the market as well. The process is really cumbersome for doing it because you have the NIMBYs and the bananas, right? So the, you know, not in my backyard and the ones that even if it is in your backyard, they build, build anything nowhere and nothing anywhere people. Okay. They, it doesn't matter what you do and that is affecting supply. So as somebody who owns existing property, I actually like that. It actually drives up the rents for my properties. But from a long-term perspective, I don't. I want to see more rental units, but governments don't seem to, to, to get that in Ontario when it comes to... Anyways, I could go on. Let's not get that, get, go down that rabbit hole. All right. Number four, you want to see infrastructure. What projects are being built in the area? Are there new highways? Are there transit? Are there subways? What are the government initiatives in the area? Uh, do they have a new immigrant center? That's one of the things that I looked at uh, in the Durham area uh, 10 years ago uh, when I started to, to look at investing. You're actually more like 12 or 14 years ago, 2008, you know, we were seeing there was a new immigrant center in Ajax and a new uh, Im immigrant center in Pickering. What does that tell you? It means the government is actually pushing new immigrants to the, those particular areas. And 10 years later, you can you you see that in those areas uh, because of those new immigrant centers. Also, there is a lot of demand. What do new immigrants do? They don't usually buy. They rent, and they usually rent for the first four or five years before they go on to buying. So what you find is a lot of demand for rentals, and then a lot of demand for newer single family or newer newer homes that, that are for, for families, okay, for small um, starter homes, all right? So that's something to, to keep in mind. And last, number five, you want to look at the average income. And this is a little an odd demographic. And I, so number five is really looking at what's the average income of the area? And do you have income that's above average? So that means that in the area, there is an above average of the provincial average income for a given city or town. And that way, you know that there is going to be continued upward demand and upward movement of the uh, renting population within that within that town or city and that means that there's going to be that movement is also going to put upward pressure on prices so it's something to keep in mind and uh, number six and I mentioned this before what is being built in the area are you seeing large swaths of land where you have houses being developed 
or are you seeing large apartment buildings being developed? What is different, for example, in Ontario as opposed to Alberta? Alberta, what, what you see happen is if there's large demand and because of there is no rent control, what ends up happening is that if there is a lot of demand for housing, you see a lot of development happen really quick and you see a lot more uh, apartments being developed, a lot more houses coming online, and that actually reduces the cost of uh, rents in the in the area. I know it, I just said it as um, as uh, a problem, but one of the reasons why Ontario is has the the higher rents that they do is because it's so hard to to have new units come online, and the the new units that come online aren't going to be for the affordable housing, they're gonna be higher rental units because they need to get the highest amount possible. The problem that people don't seem to get is that if you can bring more units online, something that was an A class last year becomes a B class this year. Something that was a B class this year becomes a C class next year. So that means that the, the ones that are coming online are actually pushing down rents on the, on the lower end units because there are more units available. Somehow people think that they have to, I think that's more government trying to to you know, think that they can affect the market by changing the requirements of something, adding more affordable units, just make sure that there are more rental units available. That's all, it, all you have to do instead of making it so complex. Anyways, when you're looking at this, there are six numbers that you wanna look at when you're deciding on an area to invest and a little bit of bonus commentary in there, some of the things that I think about. Anyways, have a great one. I hope you're having a great day or a great evening and we'll see you on the next episode of Get Real Wealthy. You can learn more about me at quintondesouza.com and we'll see you on the next episode. Make sure to check out getrealwealthy.com. Until next time, I'm Quinton D'Souza. Get out there and take action. The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are provided for information purposes only and should not be construed as an offer to buy or sell any securities or to make or consider any investment or course of action. For more information, go to getrealwealthy.com.